Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Hey guys, it's John Roca, the producer of Collider Jedi Council. Hey, Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. Gamefly puts video games where they belong in the hands of the gamers who love them. With your monthly subscription to Gamefly.com, you can pick your favorite games from over 9,000 titles and have them mailed directly to your door. Don't waste your money buying this year's new game titles before you know if they're even worth it. With Gamefly, you have access to all the newest game releases and you can keep them to play for as long as you want. So that's one monthly fee, unlimited video game rentals of all the most popular titles from Madden to Call of Duty, and over 9,000 titles to choose from so you can find most of your favorites keep the games as long as you want no late fees no due dates and when you're tired of it just mail it back and they'll send you a new game of your choosing and they offer movie rentals now as well go to gamefly.com slash collider and start your free premium 30-day trial today the premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time you can only get this offer by visiting gamefly.com slash collider now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not gonna lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far, and three cheers for bar. 
More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. Home sense. Cheer is here. Yes, yeah. I can hear the dark side in you right now. So yeah. let me bring up this Star Wars Resistance. The first trailer came out. Yeah. And the dark side is strong with the fans. Because you know what the hell happened? Is it the right? Is it is it the dark side or is it the right side? Uh, you, you decide. Uh, everybody out there can decide. But this thing came out, and it has more downvotes than it does upvotes. Well, it's like it's like six x, isn't it? Seven x. It's. I'm going there now. But it is. Look at this. Nine thousand three hundred people like this thing. Over forty nine thousand do not like this thing. 49,000? It's now at 49,000 downvotes to 9,000. Did you watch the trailer? I watched the trailer. Did you you watch the trailer? All right. So like if you had to give it an up or down vote, would you give it an up or down vote? I would give it an up vote in a second. In fact, boom. (laughs) I just did an up vote. I uh, I saw the trailer too and to me it was like – you know, like uh, to quote uh, the great uh, Chris Hemsworth, it was meh. It was meh. Okay. I mean it's like it didn't really – like you know, it seemed to me like a little bit of, of um, of a rehash almost of like look, and the trailer is what like maybe sixty seconds. It's really short. Yeah, it sixty to, seconds exactly. Yeah, if, one minute long. Yeah. So I mean, there wasn't a lot there. I actually liked the animation style. I, I, a lot of people are saying they didn't like the animation style. I like that. I thought the I animation think that's style was where cool. the and I'm wondering if that's where the downvote is coming from because so, the TV guide is saying the trailer for TVGuide.com is basically saying. A lot of people don't like this because the anime slash the animation, which has like little nods to anime. Yeah, I thought uh, the animation style was fine. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying, would it kill Lucasfilm to make a Star Wars animated show that doesn't look terrible? That's one of the tweets that came out of it. Right, right. And look, and I take offense to that because I think the Clone Wars was beautiful. I think uh, Rebels looked great. So I think they're very good at doing the animation stuff. Yes, you know, it's different. I, this it's is different. Ki- it's, it's more for kids. It's more cell shaded. Look, Star Wars in general is for kids. Always and, has been. And the reason that you and I love it so much is because it maintains our youth intact to some degree, right? That's a perfect way to put it. You know, um, like George Lucas again and again and again and again has says had said, whether you like to hear this or not, I made Star Wars for twelve year olds. That's that's right. Okay? And so for everybody out there right now downvoting this thing. Right. <laughs> I'm assuming you're over 12 years old out there downvoting on this thing because come on, let's okay. let's give it a little time, but, right? But, but, and I know "but" is like the worst word in a conversation. Sure, but there are some reasons that I could see why the downvote is at least a legitimate point of view when it comes, it is. you know, when it comes to resistance. Number one, because. Star Wars has had like a, a funny little knack recently of giving us content that nobody asked for. It's <laughs> you know? very true. Like like that's kind of their thing now. Yeah. I, the, the Disney the Disney fied Star Wars is like either they forgot the concept of focus groups, mm. they're not, or they're or they don't care, or they have a strategy that's like a super long term strategy that we. Kind of like, you know, Sheev Palpatine himself, we haven't seen unfold itself yet. Sure. Because I don't really get it. Like, who – resistance? Like, nobody – like, people are clamoring mm. for things. Mm-hmm. Clamoring. Like, like demanding it. Love – like, like dreaming about it and you give them resistance. Like, 
Oscar Isaacs in Force Awakens was great, in my opinion, and I know you know I'm trying to stay away from Last Jedi for this episode a little bit, mm-hmm. but I thought Oscar Isaacs was horrific in the Last Jedi as a character. Sure, like like Oscar Isaacs, the actor is incredible, but as a character, Poe Dameron was not very interesting, and 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 Phasma was less than not very interesting. And now you have this whole show that seems to revolve around them to some degree. Maybe it's a redemption song. I don't know. Who knows? It's it's apparently going to take place you know months before Force Awakens. I think the point here is that we've seen reactions from the Clone Wars animation that maybe it didn't do well. We've seen reactions to Rebels. Maybe we'll let this one play out a little bit. Anyways, we'll I'll be see. watching it. I'll I, be watching it. I'm watching it. I'm going to be watching it too. But right now, why don't we do something that we want to get to, and that's the golden lightsabers. Rise. Welcome, young fans, to episode five of (laughs) Rule of Two. I am your host. Darth Rylus, joined as always by my master, Mark Sidious. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Look, I like to think of myself more as a um, as a dark uh, Jedi in arms. Sure. You know, like instead of a, a Sith. Yeah, it's like the way I look at it in our sort of backstory, the canon of us, uh-huh. is that we were two up-and-coming Jedi, yep. okay? And, and, and we were very strong with the Force, and everybody liked us, and we were light side Jedi. Yeah, but then we started to realize that there is something to the Sith code, and we wanted to explore it a little bit more. Absolutely, right? I love that. There is something to the Sith. The Sith code. It's, ni- it's nice and tidy. Yes, two, no more, no less. They they do their thing. They play their chess pieces, and then the 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 Padawan will usually try to usurp the yeah. master so sooner what, or later. So then what happened was is that you know Riley and I were two up-and-coming Jedi. Mm. We wanted to explore the dark side. We found a dark Jedi knight that was willing to impart some of his teachings to us. That's right. But <laughs> he said, look, I could only take one of you. Mm. There, there could only be two. And I was like, oh, no, no, no that's not how it works. Riley and I are kind of like a, <laughs> like a team. You know? Right, a team of, right. Like can we make an exception to the rule? Long story short, we had to take him out. That's you know? right. We killed him. Yeah, we, we, we killed him, and he wasn't and hence, even sleeping. Uh, yeah. yeah, he wasn't sleeping. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't sleeping. We had to take him out, and now we do our own celebration of the red lightsaber. Absolutely. You know, before every show and sometimes after as well. As, as well. That's right. And here we are. Here we are, because that is very true. Yeah. From, uh, from, from the, the mouth to the world. What, yeah. What's the, the word? From God's mouth to your ears. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Right. From, from, from the uh, resonant vibration. Vibrations of the midichlorians to our to our very throats. Oh, there it is, so midichlorians. Look, there'll be probably more canon of how um, you know uh, Mark Sidious and De- Darth Rylus sort of came to power. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. But that is right. You are here on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed. This is Rule of Two, an official sanctioned show of Jedi Council. And we are here talking the golden lightsabers. This was a very fun debate conversation two very long episodes as we went through our own nominations because it is a celebration of everything star wars yeah 
I had fun with this. The debates, yeah. uh, our debates especially, but the fans' interaction, oh, our man. listeners. Such intelligent comments too. Absolutely intelligent comments. The counterpoint to a lot of our comments I thought were very, very strong. A lot of people fighting for things that we didn't nominate that when I would read the tweet, I was like, oh, man, you know what? That's a, actually a very good point. It, great points. And what I love about this show, at least for now – I'm not gonna, I can't look into the future sometimes like get like, these force visions that might come to Yoda or Palpatine or whoever it may be. But right now there are intelligent conversations happening around this show, and I just want to yes. thank everybody listening right now for being honest, for being kind, especially kind, for promoting conversation rather than yelling and screaming over Star Wars, which it seems to have turned into yeah. sometimes – so to that, to everybody listening at home, thank you, thank you for that because this is a lot of fun right now. But Fernandez, let's get into this. Because yeah, look, I mean, look, uh, the voting was all happened online. Um, yeah, every yep. every single category uh, crossed our threshold of uh, twelve hundred votes, which was yeah, or our more, minimum, depending. Yep. So twelve hundred votes. If something didn't get twelve hundred votes, Riley and I had the thought of maybe redoing it. Right. Or, or you know what I mean? Like we wanted to have at least over 1,200 votes. It just made sense to us, right? Because yes. there's 1,000 votes and then there's two, uh, 200 votes because mm-hmm. the rule of two, right? So exactly. Can, yeah. So, um, okay. So we have winners. We have we, winners. We have winners and we have uh, – th- there's overwhelming uh, uh, results to where it's landslides you could call it. Yeah. We also have uh, – we had a tight race that we'll get to uh, because yeah. we had to retweet something to get it out there to get a little bit more – information out there but we're going to go down the line now those listening at home you know that we did two very long episodes both very long which i loved and you guys all wanted it you're like i'm here for it yeah yeah thank you for that yep thank you for that so we're going to go in the order in which they were posed which is the very first nomination was best theme yeah best musical theme best musical theme and this one is a big landslide in my opinion it was a landslide even though uh, the one that I personally voted for, uh-huh. like I think it's okay to say because I also voted. You know, we oh we, yeah, I voted too. Yeah, yeah, yep. we each had votes. Um, one vote, you know, one in uh, um, you, you know, know twelve hundred, twelve hundred, mm-hmm. and um, the Imperial March is the one that I voted for. You voted for Imperial March, great. I, I voted for Imperial March, and it had it had a little bit. Of um, I mean, look, it twenty five percent of the people said Imperial March is also their favorite. Yep, which was which wasn't enough to win, of course, but it was enough to be second. You know, so it was kinda, enough to be second. Yeah. Uh, if we go that route, then we we get Duel of Fates coming in with the next highest to yeah. that twenty five percent, which was nineteen percent, and then the original Star Wars. Yeah, that's scene. surprising. Coming in uh, last place with 16%, and that means the overwhelming favorite at 40% of the votes, the binary sunset or the force theme, which you were kind of clumping into the main Star Wars theme. I was. I was. And we have a a result here. Fernandez, what do you think of that uh, being the winner here? So look, before I get into the winner one second, I wanted to to talk about something um, because the fact that Imperial March – and the Duel of Fates performed so well in the voting, mm-hmm. I think speaks to one of my favorite things about Star Wars, which is that Star Wars is really one of the few franchises that has put on a huge black hat on some of its protagonists yeah. and has become the franchise of the villains. You know, like villains are allowed to be heroic. 
uh-huh. in, in, in the Star Wars franchise. And very, very different than something like, let's say, like Marvel, where in Marvel they're always clearly the foil, with the exception of, of, of Infinity War, which I think does a great job in really characterizing the villain and giving him a lot of meat and a lot of, oh, yeah. you know, like a lot of bones. Typically, the, like the villain in these movies is the guy in the shadow who you don't really care about, you have no sympathy for, you have, right. you're not inspired by them. Right. Um, you know, Star Wars... Like, people forget it is about the light side and the dark side. So mm-hmm. I do like that those dark side themes, the Imperial March and the Duel of Fates, mm. were so well represented in the voting. But look, um, I've been listening to the Binary Sunset. And uh, to me, the Binary Sunset um, is a, you know, look, it is, like we discussed in the last show, the most used theme. It's a worthy winner. Mm-hmm. I I applaud this choice. But when you listen to the actual track and the soundtrack, which is what I was doing this weekend, it doesn't really kick into that uh, to those iconic notes and to those sweeping like progressions to- towards the end of the song. Right, because it, it's it, what's interesting about the binary sunset or the force theme is that it 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 literally is it comes from the movie and it it starts with some kind of background and you know it's like luke coming in there there's a refrain of the do 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 mm-hmm. as he walks out there and then he takes in that binary sunset luke does and then yeah. that's when the force theme comes in yeah. because a little history of that listening to the great david w collins's the soundtrack show yeah. he broke down star wars a new hope and that particular cue that force theme had a different theme to it hmm. And it wasn't working for Lucas. And what um, Williams had done, the binary sunset theme that is listed on the tracks was called Obi-Wan's theme at one point. And so Lucas said, why don't you play Obi-Wan's theme instead? And so Williams – and I I actually can't remember if it was Williams or Lucas that said this. But for whatever reason, they came together. They said, let's use Obi-Wan's theme in this spot. And it worked perfectly because it was like Luke's future. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. like he's going to be one with the force sooner or later. Right. So it's foreshadowing his journey, look, becoming a master. And like Jedi. according to a lot of our chats, you've made me think about this possibility. Mm. Um, I like that with the concept of hubris, right? Right. You know, like right. like uh, the concept of tragedy, because mm-hmm. ultimately, um, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but if you validate um, the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, then. And you combine it with the original trilogy, Luke's character arc is the one of a tragic hero. Absolutely. Right? It it really is. It really um, is. Now you're starting to get where I'm coming from. I mean, I'm not saying I I like it. You don't have to agree. But I'm saying that if you look at it. If you get it. If you look at it, if you look at it from a narrative perspective, in terms of narrative narrative technique, it is, um, you know, a. A tragedy, you know? It, it really is. And, um, you know, uh, to be fr- honest with you, I had a great point. I totally lost it yeah. <laughs> into the ether because I, I, I shocked myself into actually saying something nice about The Last Jedi that, that I uh, – or not nice, but accepting of The Last it, it, Jedi. You made a valid point. Yeah, accepting uh, The Last Jedi. You accepted something. You, you looked at – yeah, I get it. But I did have a question. I mm. did have a question. Sure. So at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you have that beautiful scene of them looking on to the binary sunset. Yeah, at Force Theme Place. Right, in the Force Theme Place. At the end or at the beginning of uh, Star Wars A New Hope, when you first really see that great close-up on Luke and he's looking off into the sunset. Oh, this is what – the hubris. I'm sorry. There it is. Let me get back to this for a second. Please. I was interested. 
this is Luke's hubris, mm. right? Yeah. This is Luke's hubris, that he looks into the future. Always. You know? What Yoda said in, in Last Jedi. Yeah. You're still doing it, buddy. And it's like I forgot this. It's like an old, like, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but it's like an old, uh, you know, term in philosophy that if you're um, living in the past, mm-hmm. then you're depressed. Yeah. If you're, if you're always living in the future, mm-hmm. then you're anxious. Yeah. I was just going to say. And you're, if you're living in the present, then you're at peace. Then you're finding balance. Right. Right? So, which is an interesting concept that maybe Luke's imperfection, Luke's hubris, right, his tragic flaw was that he was too forward-looking, mm-hmm. always looking into the future and never living in the present. And if that's the thesis of the narrative, then – it lets you look at it in a slightly different way. I love this. And looks at his death as a tragic death. Mm-hmm. You know, as like him trying to recompense for his mistakes right. of being a forward thinker. Now, that sounds like a little bit of a, you know, you know. It's, it, it's exactly what, I mean, you put it very, very well. I, I, I want to steal all of that because I think it, it really puts it in a very poetic uh, description of what even I was trying to think because, one, I think he is a tragic character, but I also think we're going to get a third movie in this new trilogy that perhaps can show some more because if Luke is one with the Force, then he has right. officially but found that the balance. Skywalkers are a tragic family. It's a tragic family saga. It's very saga. Shakespearean. Right, right, which is contradictory to the hero's journey, though. The hero's journey is not tragic. Nope. The hero's journey is triumphant. Triumphant by the end. The yeah, hero is... returns home, and he's got the gold, and he's... And that's why the original trilogy... Uh, the ending is the hero's journey. Is the hero's journey because it's very triumphant. Yes. Where the original trilogy, I'm sorry, the prequels are a definite tragedy. One of the, uh, oh, to yeah, me, absolutely. one of the most fun tragedies I've ever seen. Oh, of course it is. The tragedy of Darth Vader. So The tragedy of Anakin Skywalker, I should say. Are the sequels following the, tr- the, the tragic mm-hmm. f- formula or are they going more towards the um, heroic formula, right? TBD. TBD, and I think, you know, and, and I agree with this criticism of The Last Jedi. Our hero is, is Rey, but I don't think she had a lot to do in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I, think yeah. she, I think she had way more to do in The Force Awakens. Yeah, she was, yeah, much more and interesting I, character I, I in The Force Awakens. She, she kind of fell a little bit to the wayside. I agree. So I believe her hero's journey is still happening. But it was in a good cause. You know why it was so good that she fell to the wayside in The Last Jedi? Because we got to see a lot of that space race. <laughs> that space battle was so epic between the ships chasing each other in space. This sarcasm is strong <laughs> with you. I'm sorry. Right, so, so look, <laughs> one category, the binary sunset uh, force theme. That's the winner. Let's mark this in the thing because, Cody, give the people what they want. Give them a little bit of that taste of the binary sunset. Let's do it. So we got uh, the binary sunset is going to play a little bit and you're going to feel good. Playing a little bit of that binary sunset, feeling the force flow through you. I'm hoping Cody's playing it right now because I'm putting on my NPR voice. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, which we have in the voting, which was, oh, this yeah. This was a very close race. This was, the, this was the closest. Best special effects scene. I will do it again. I will start at the lowest. Again, shocking. To me. Yeah. Shocking. Because it was such a revolutionary and, moment and, in special And by the effects. way, I did vote for Binary Sunset. That was my pick. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, the Trench Run in New Hope. The actual scene that reinvented special effects as we know it. Yeah. Right? Special practical effects, models, 
taking it to the next level. Yeah. 1976, they're shooting this thing. It comes out 1977. People can't think of anything but this battle at the yeah, end. It made people almost forget, not quite, but uh, forget about 2001. Which Absolutely. Is, yeah. It becomes the lowest in the, the uh, special effects scene. It only made 22%. It was then followed very closely by the Battle of Coruscant in Revenge of the Sith, that opening scene, which, yeah. again, I watched again, which was fantastic. To our next almost there, which was Tarkin and Rogue One. I thought yeah. maybe this could pull away with it at 25%. And the winner at 29%, the Battle of Hoth, which I did vote for. I uh, voted for the Battle of Coruscant just to okay. be fully transparent. Of course. But I understand why the Battle of Hoth won. And even though I argued against the Battle of Hoth during our nominations episode, right? Um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that the Battle of Hoth is all about the AT-ATs. The AT-ATs, and again, I, I, I'll take this win. Um, I was ho- – you know, there was a little – even though I voted for Battle of Hoth, that was a personal favorite of mine. Um, but the trench run I thought maybe would win because of the, the advancement of technology. Battle of Hoth is another one that advanced the technology all from the same company, right? They were shooting not on a blue screen at the time. With stars, so the black, you would they would be able to mark out the mat mm. right a little bit better. You put it on a white background, yeah, snow and yeah. and, 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 and horizon and atmosphere. atmosphere, and then you you put some speeders to it. You put some live action people running battle. I'm glad this won. I love that it won. The Battle of Hoth is one of probably my favorite scenes in Star Wars. The music, the action, Luke Skywalker coming taken down and at it. Himself with a lightsaber and, and just yeah. on foot. There are some of the greatest battle sequences in and there. With the grappling hook, the and grappling the scene, hook. Yeah. Some of the you know, Hobby is still with me. Boom! Nope, he's blown up off the yeah. side. Yeah, like the scene that's referenced in um, in in uh, Captain America: Civil War, which is still my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, where they you know tie up you know the legs. Have you seen that old movie, Mister Stark? <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, old movie. Jeez, we're dated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's it, it it is an, an iconic shot, and I there's some something about that scene where you hear the music, you see all of the the the, the rebels like hoot, 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 and they go and they're in the trenches, yeah. and then they're looking and you hear the yeah, and it's awesome because if you um, ever get a chance to make it to the Bay Area, and I'm sure you've probably been there a few times, I have, yeah, and you go to the Port of Oakland. You see those huge cranes that line up uh, the Port of Oakland coast right. or like uh, the harbor. I know what you mean. And um, this was the actual inspiration for George Lucas to make the AT-ATs. And if you go there, you can actually check it out on my Instagram. I've taken pictures of them because they're they're absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it because it's like uh, – you know how when people look at the clouds and they see cloud figures? Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at something like a crane like this. And your mind uh, jumps from crane to walking, you know, military vehicle. Yeah. And then you have the ability and the know-how and uh, the conviction and the passion to actually do it in real life and turn a thought into an icon and into eventually a golden lightsaber recipient. Yeah. It just shows you <laughs> the how The highest beautiful. honor you can get. <laughs> yeah, the highest of honors. <laughs> it shows you how beautiful the human mind is. Right. You know, it, it, it's fantastic uh, that that is a great like behind the scenes thing that I, I've forgotten about. It, it's great. I love that the Battle of Hoth won. Um, any final thoughts on this uh, special effects scene thing? Look, I I think the Battle of Hoth was a worthy recipient. I did like the fact that 
the one that I voted for, uh, the Battle of Coruscant, mm-hmm. like took third place, had a fight. You know, like there was definitely it's neck and neck with Tarkin. Yeah, neck and neck with Tarkin. And look, Tarkin is another great one. So I'm glad that that came up runner up. Mm-hmm. I was happy with all of these nominations, but only one can hold a golden lightsaber and, and Battle of Hoth deserves it. Yep. Congratulations, Battle of Hoth. Uh, kind of sticking with the same vein of like great action, great effects. We have our next nomination at the best lightsaber duel. I know this one is going to make you happy, Dar- uh, Mark Sidious. At, but here we go. Coming in at 16%, the lowest, the lowest, and the one I voted for, the best Bindul from Empire Strikes Back, which I can't believe it got this low. I'm going to rant a little bit. This is where he <laughs> finds out his father is the Dark Lord Sith, which is Darth Vader. He loses his hand. All hope is lost. He's about to fall off a, a, a cliff, and only by using the Force and finding out there's somebody else out there, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, comes back around, gets him. That's the last, the last place. Because you, you know the look, way it's shot, the way look, the, it's the, beautiful. It, it, it's beautiful. It, it, but, wow. but the lightsaber duel is is an art form, right? Like, it really is. You know, and I think we spoke a little bit about this. But back in the old Shakespeare days, um, a big part of watching a Shakespeare play in the um, in the um, oh god, I'm trying to remember the the name of the theater. Uh, the Globe, the Globe Theater, the yeah, Globe with theater. The, the circular seating, yeah, yep. yep. theater in the round and the Globe. Um, you know, a lot of the people um, of the time weren't as educated per capita as they are now, right? Mm-hmm. Like now people, you know, it's a, it, it's it's part of our culture to go to school and go to college and get an education. And, sure. a, and an education is, you know, ready, you know, fairly accessible to most. There's still a lot of people that can't get it. But Very true. Fairly accessible to most. A lot more accessible now than it was back then. Mm-hmm. So back then, when they would come watch a Shakespeare play, and Shakespeare back then was Marvel. I mean, no, oh, yeah, don't think that what everybody did. Yeah, Shakespeare wasn't like this guy in a corner that was writing stuff that nobody was watching. He was very popular, very, very, I very mean, the mainstream. Queen comes and sits point yeah. to watch this thing. But the primary attraction of of a Shakespeare play was the sword play. Absolutely. The fencing, yes. the sword yes. play. Yes. I mean, this was what it was about. So that's one of the reasons I love the prequels is that the sword play and the saber rattling became a bigger part of the of the brand. Yes. And um, the actual art of choreographing these things got put to another level when they introduced Darth Maul. Yep. And obviously by the time they get to Revenge of the Sith, it's just at its peak. Yeah. So it, it's going to be tough to compete with how the art form of the saber duel evolved. And look, and, and there's a lot of fans out there, and I actually agree with them, some of the best lightsaber duels out there are inside the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, uh, Darth Maul um, against the uh, – Darth Maul and his brother mm-hmm. um, against the Emperor is one of my favorite. Have you seen that one? Yep. It's a great one. It's yeah. the, the the Night Sisters. Uh, no, it wasn't not the Night Sisters. It was the um, – I know which one know which one. Yeah, it yeah. Was. It's, when, it's when Darth Maul – uh, confronts the emperor and he's uh-huh. with his brother and they're actually uh, Darth Maul and his brother. I think his brother's name was something Opress or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember as like Sage or Saw. Yeah. Uh, anyway, don't don't kill us for not knowing his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Remember, text or uh, tag uh, Ken Napsok. Yeah, yeah. Force Center and uh, he knows his stuff as well as Darth Harloff. Yeah. Savage Opress. Savage. Savage Opress. Boom! Pulled it out of the ether. Yep, yeah. Savage Opress. Anyway, and- it's a great lightsaber duel. But, um, but I agree. I, to your point, I love that – yeah, and it, it, a lot of fans 
including me, were kind of taken aback that, oh my god, this is what light – and not taken aback, but like impressed that these lightsaber duels took on a new level. Yeah. I mean I think of that Obi-Wan at the end. The Obi-Wan, Darth Maul after Qui-Gon is slayed is some of the best dueling I've seen, yeah. which leads me to the point that Duel of Fates did come in second place, not too far behind actually at 27 percent of the votes. Um, That's very good. Uh, and then uh, – sorry, I, I jumped ahead. The Throne Room in Return of the Jedi took third at 24 yeah. percent, then Duel of Fates at 27 percent Right. with our winner at 33 percent, Obi-Wan, Anakin, final duel. That really did. That's yeah. a, that's a, a resounding win for that one. That's that's ahead, way ahead. We're almost six full percentage points. Yeah. Of, Look, of Revenge away. of the Sith. It's one of two awards. Uh, spoiler warning: mm. that Revenge of the Sith. There uh, it is. Took uh, took home, and I think it's one that should be very very proud of. I mean, like this I, one especially. I think a lot of people probably responded to the choreography, but more so to the stakes involved. It is the final turn of Darth Vader taking on his brother. And falling, having the higher ground, ki- almost killing Padme in the process, and uh, becoming one with the dark side of the Force because then he be- obviously goes into the yeah. suit because of this duel. Yeah, and it's still one of the toughest scenes for me to watch is is the high ground scene. I know a lot of people make fun of it, but for me, the high ground scene, I put it up there only with the ending of American Beauty mm. as these two endings that I just – every time I watch them, I just – there's a little part of me that thinks it won't go that way. Yeah, right. You're you know? hoping. That's yeah. the hope in you. You'd be yeah. getting caught up in that story yeah, that, and I mean, forgetting. And that's, that's great storytelling. That no, no matter how many, how many times I watch it, I always want for a different result um, and I don't get it. And that's when I realize that I need to think about why it happened that way. And that's yeah. when the story completely unfolds itself. It really does. I, I, I remember being at Celebrations 2 when Attack of the Clones was about to put, be put out. I was doing my well, Star Wars play. That's a long play. time ago. Long time ago. That's 2002 or something? 2002. Oh, was Rockstar yep. Games back May, then. I remember that. May of 2002 was uh, Celebrations. I did the Star Wars play, and we were getting ready for the hype, but there was already people walking around, and I'll never forget the scene. Episode 3 logo, and these were fan-made, and they were walking around. I'm ready, and it showed... Uh, almost a silhouette like we saw in Empire Strikes Back where Luke and Vader fight. Right, which is what ended up being on the Sith poster. Right, exactly. But it was Obi-Wan and Anakin, and it was on a lava planet. There was still no idea of what we were going to see or how we were going to see it, but the hype was real. Like yeah. they were. The, I'll never forget that. People were already going, we're, we're in the middle chapter of this prequel trilogy. Everybody was looking ahead. They were doing the Luke Skywalker. They were looking <laughs> ahead. Yeah. To the future, yep. beyond the horizon, to see when is episode three coming so we can see this duel. So congratulations, Obi-Wan, Anakin, final duel. Here's your golden lightsaber. Yeah. What would you like to say? Whoop, sorry, we ran out of time. We're going to play him <laughs> off the stage. Yeah. And here we go on to best editing. We're going into best editing. Now, this one was just killed. Just killed it. This, the, 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 there was yeah, no... This is where we start a run. This is where we start a run of... Um, landslides. Of landslides. Yeah. yeah. So we, we come in at the lowest of the low, which looks like this is a pity vote from some of the fans here. The Phantom Menace with 4% of the vote. The best editing. No, now, best editing. Um, no, best editing, uh, 16% of New Hope. Phantom... No. I'm oh, best! Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I'm Phantom Menace. A, I'm looking at a different. I'm looking. I'm looking at a different category. Yeah, my yeah. Bad, so I'm bad. starting with uh, the lowest here. The okay. Phantom Menace at four percent. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. East it's is right. It's actually a very well-edited film. It it really is. It it, yeah. it is. I think a lot. Of, I I did see a little pushback from that. Um, in the sense that you know, how can you not? You know, I saw Force Awakens got uh, some calls uh, in my Twitter feed. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, how could you? Rogue One. I know some people like because of the end uh, battle with not yep. only the space battle, the ground battle, and the inside battle. Very very Star Warsy. Yeah. Three different things going on at once. Uh, a lot of people were like, why not Return of the Jedi, which I did push for. I do love my Return of the Jedi editing, the three different yeah, battles. But I think, look, to tie Phantom Menace to Duel of Fates is that when you're, when, you're, when you're creating action like a duel between um, you know, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul, you mm-hmm. really only create that action through the editing. You know, like absolutely, and you cut to them coming in on the palace, yeah, led I mean, by Padme, and then the space battle with Anakin. It was a very well edited film. Very it, well it edited was, film. Uh, but the next one is the one that shocks me, even though it's a dead heat between uh, for uh, for runner up, runner up. And, we have and ironically, a tie almost, yeah, ironically, it actually won the Oscar for this. Get right, a New Hope at nineteen percent, which won an editing Oscar. Yeah, for Marsha Lucas, Marsha Lucas, uh, Revenge of the Sith at nineteen percent as well. Which leaves The Empire Strikes Back, our winner, with an overwhelming 58% of the votes. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Well, I know – and I'll just say I'm shocked at A New Hope. Uh, I did pick Empire Strikes Back, so I'm part of the winning vote there, uh, mostly because I, I think the editing was very subdued, very yeah. subtle. Yeah. Um, and it did have a ending that had a dual thing going on. You had the lightsaber duel with Luke and Vader. Intercut with trying to get hand from Boba Fett and escaping the Emperor yeah. or Empire, I should say. Uh, an intercut, intercut space that then led to you know Luke falling and calling Leia, all that kind of stuff. But the Empire Strikes Back, I was shocked. I voted for it because it's my favorite movie in the trilogy in, in all of Star Wars. But I thought New Hope would get it. I, I really yeah, did. And I look, th- this begs the question of look, the Empire Strikes Back is at this sort of mythic. Um, level of quality Mm -hmm. where it makes it very difficult to look outside of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I was a little shocked if you're talking pure editing because um, they did reuse shots and, 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 and and there were some, some workarounds in the, you know, in Empire Strikes Back in the editing very specifically Mm -hmm. that to me, I remember when we were doing the nominations episode, I actually pushed back on Empire Strikes Back for those reasons. Yeah. And I still feel that way. Um, Look, I'm going to be very straightforward here. I voted for Phantom Menace. Good. I voted for Phantom Menace. I know you did. That was one of your picks and you you won me over with that. And like from an editing perspective, and I love editing, uh, you know, editing to me is one of my favorite things to do with the medium. Yeah. And and, um, it is an art form. And, you don't have a good edited movie. You're not you're, that. There's no movie. Yeah, and I think the Phantom Menace and good editing is obviously the sound off test. And I think Phantom Menace probably more than all the other ones passes the sound off test. Like if you were to play it sound off, Empire Strikes Back and the Phantom Menace side by side to somebody that had n- never seen either one, they would probably be able to write you a better summary of what the movie's about in the Phantom Menace than they would be in the Empire Strikes Back. I, I might I. I would I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, but but look, the Empire Strikes Back. It's hard to argue against any golden lightsaber for it. Yeah, because of it does have this mythic quality. And even when I um, reflect on the Empire Strikes Back, 
you know, I, I pretty much love everything about it. So, yeah, you know. it, it's it's great. I, I'm glad it won. Uh, congratulations, The Empire Strikes Back. Here's your golden lightsaber. You're being played off the stage by the band now. As we move on to, f- frankly, no shock here is our next uh, golden yeah. lightsaber best villain. Uh, you know, no surprise here. Six percent Darth Maul. Uh, probably because he didn't have a lot to do. I did see some pushback online on Twitter because he didn't have more to do. Mm. One uh, person I did interact with said, can I factor in his arc, his continuing arc in other mediums and not just the movie? And I said – You can't. You know what? I said knock yourself out right. myself. <laughs> wait, wait. Which is a great – I mean it's a great response. I, I think I, – I personally – For the purposes of the committee mm-hmm. of the – you can't really – The reason – I think he's nominated is because of I, how iconic he looked immediately. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I think it's it's a travesty that Lucas didn't kind of follow his the the, the echoes yeah. of what came before, meaning that Darth Maul becomes the the Darth Vader throughout the series. Like he just introduced Sith Apprentice after Sith Apprentice after Sith Apprentice. But but if you think about it, that actually and like I hear you that Lucas is a victim of his own. Sort of creativity with sure. Darth Maul a little bit. However, I, I I will, but I know what he was going for. Yeah, you I know mean, what I mean. What he's going for is actually where we get our name from: the Rule of Two. Yes, because it's a constant iteration of who his apprentice is, leading to the ultimate apprentice that he wants. I'll be watching your career very closely. Right. You know, but, like like, and it also, if you look at these Sith apprentice through the prequels, it shows just how brilliant Palpatine was. I'm yeah. Sorry, he always had some guy. Yeah, he yeah. had. I mean, Darth Maul's around. Dooku was too. There, there right. wasn't two at the time. If you look at it, Mace Windu goes always two is, or, or maybe it was Yoda at the end of Phantom Menace. All always two, the yeah. master and apprentice. But which one? Oh, and then Mace says, "But which one was this? The master or the apprentice?" And then it kind of shows Palpatine right, because, standing there. Right. That was a great scene. It was just a great scene. Chills. Yeah, that's it. That was another a great, great editing. Scene. Another great editing for yeah. sure. So Darth Maul I get, but this is a long little sidetrack here that the Darth Sidious really did have it down pat. He was really holding on to a lot of loose strings here, kind of – not even that, holding on to – he was the puppet master. Yeah. He had his Sith, you know, who's going to do better? Darth Maul was the most expendable obviously because he was – and that was by design through yeah. Lucas's storytelling. Yeah, look, and, and like another dive into the techniques of, of, of storytelling – um, the use of Palpatine in the prequels is a master class in writing the concept of dramatic irony. <laughs> oh, you know, that's like, great. You know, like Absolutely. The point where the audience is it knows who he is practically from his second or third appearance on screen. Knows, oh, yeah. Knows exactly what's going on and knows this throughout the entire trilogy mm-hmm. without anybody knowing it until Anakin figures it out Mm-hmm. And like you know, points lightsaber in his face. You're the like, Sith Lord. You would like to kill me. Yeah, I most certainly would. It, you know, it, it's so it's such a great dramatic irony. How perfect because we know already. Yeah. It's like you're not fooling anyone. And that was a big complaint thrown at Phantom Menace. It's like, oh yeah, really, Phantom Menace. Yeah, I know that's Palpatine right there. He and comes up. Of course you do. They told you it is. Yes. Yeah. That's why I was <laughs> always no like, I walked – I had an argument with my roommate at the time after Phantom Menace because I stuck up for Phantom Menace a lot. Uh, and I said, well, of course we know he's the emperor. And my and my roommate was pushing back at me going, well, he doesn't make any – and I'm like, well, that's, uh, that's the point. <laughs> right. The Phantom Menace is within story. 
Yeah. It's that they don't know who it is. We know. Right. And we're but we're not watching it for that. We're watching it for the story of who's going to be yeah. the apprentice ultimately Darth Vader. Yeah, it's like um and I believe it's uh Henry the or, or Hamlet, I don't know, uh, rag on me if, if I get this wrong. But mm-hmm. to me, my favorite sort of teachable moment of dramatic irony uh, is comes from Shakespeare. Um, and it's when um, – God, it's a Hamlet or, or is Are it – Are you talking about his uncle being the bad – like ultimately like knowing no, that he's the bad guy? I'm talking when the king goes into um, the camps underneath the uh, the castle – and he and, and he disguises himself. Oh, I don't um, know. Yeah, and, and he's having a conversation with the troops. Mm. And the troops are all being very judgmental of the king's actions. Would you say it was Henry V or no? I think it's Hamlet. I think Hamlet. it's Hamlet. I, I, I don't know. My, I'm, I'm, I need to brush up on my. Yeah, Shakespeare. yeah. So do I. So do I. But but the point is, is that he's having this conversation um, with with his soldiers, and the soldiers are questioning the king. And they don't know that they're actually talking to the king. Right. And the king is trying to defend the king's position mm-hmm. as he thinks a soldier would think. And anyway, it creates this beautiful narrative tool called dramatic irony and handled very, very well, I think, in the prequels yeah. with Palpatine. But anyway, Here Darth Sidious, ninth, uh, 9%. Yep. Very, very shocking because if push comes to shove, even though I've, I've said it, Anakin Darth Vader is my favorite character of all time in storytelling. Right. Darth Sidious is definitely my favorite villain in the Star Wars movies. I, that's who I voted for. I, I voted for Darth Vader. Uh, Darth Sidious, though, I'm with you. I was actually shocked at this because from 9% at Darth Sidious, we go to the next tier up, which is Kylo Ren getting the second uh, most votes, uh, which I, I actually personally love. I'm Me glad too. he came Me at too. I love Kylo. Kylo's great. Kylo is, uh, I think, the best character in the new trilogy happening right now. I would agree with he's that. He's the most complex. I love what he's doing. I love the the, the echoes, the callbacks to Anakin's whiny nature in uh, yep. Attack of the Clones and even Luke. You know, well, I was going to Natasha Station to pick up some power converters. Yeah. We have a, a, a whiner in, in now Supreme Leader Kylo Ren. Um, but I love his turn in The Last Jedi. I really do. I love that he took out Snoke. It's classic Sith. Uh, we'll see if they're, the Sith will come. But that means that 68%, boom, landslide, Darth Vader is our best villain. Which, 58%. Oh, 68%. 68%. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It I is. Mean, he's it, awesome. It's, it's the iconography of the look. Yeah. The story that you are referring to, your favorite character is being Darth Vader or yeah. Anakin Skywalker. And I think because we know so much about Anakin Skywalker and what happened, the fall, his ultimate redemption, yeah. you, you look at this as like the kind of yeah. gold standard. And like look, I, I, we'll get into screenwriting uh, later mm-hmm. and this one actually shocked me but we'll get into that later. But um, the exposition that you get in A New Hope when uh, Luke and Obi-Wan are talking about Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Like those little paragraphs um, of exposition about who he is. He was the greatest star pilot. He was, he was my pupil. Mm-hmm. All these wonderful things that you could – He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. You, and, and, a, friend. and a good friend. And, and you have this, this backstory to, to Darth Vader every time you see him. Where you're like, well, wait a minute, this guy, you know, this guy's pure evil, but Obi Wan has given me context to him that I can't escape. But before that, though, we didn't really know that until after Empire, obviously. 
because when he says he was the best star pilot in the galaxy and a good friend, right? And then Luke goes, how did my father die? And then he – Obi-Wan pauses and goes, a young Jedi named Darth Vader. Right, right. Right. Who was a pupil of mine before he turned right, to evil. Right now, you know, Paulie, I'm thinking because I've seen the movie so many hundreds of times. Of course. It's that, going that, – it's like yeah, kind yeah, of molding yeah, together. It. But, but I'm talking about the context of New Hope in which yeah. Obi-Wan from a certain point of view separated the character, said a young pupil of mine before he turned to evil. Named hunt, Darth Vader. Named, uh, yeah. named Darth Vader, hunted down the Jedi and to destroy him. He betrayed and murdered your father. So Darth Vader automatically gets vaulted. Right, right. To but, but he does get meaningful backstory. That that, that backstory is what you're referring to. Yes, yeah, yeah. and it's meaningful. And then of course, Vader really steps into the to the limelight, in my opinion, in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it becomes all about Vader. Darth Vader is, I think, a great look. I mean, I think he was an obvious choice. I think that we all expected this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I expected sixty eight percent. I thought oh, Sidious. I, I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I it, listen. I, I think. You know, unless we had Heath Ledger's Joker in the same poll, right? You know, as the greatest all time, I yeah. think Darth Vader is going to run away well, with it every here, time. Here, take take your lightsaber and look. Shout out to the great uh, James Earl Jones. Yep, and David Prowse, and David Prowse, and David Prowse, and Hayden Christensen, and Hayden Christensen. Absolutely. Um, and then who's the one who did it in Rogue One? Because he was great in that too. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was um, great. So, but. Um, just to be very clear, this Darth Vader was very specifically uh, – oh, no, no. It was just best villain in general. Like I don't think it, uh, we it's, did it to a specific movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, because a lot of these are specific movies. No, this is like the actor, character. for example. Right, right. This is – you know, we have two movies for Kylo Ren. We obviously have three, four movies. Five. Five. Five-ish. Oh, yeah. yeah, four mo- – like so we have Revenge of the Sith when the character actually be- – where Anakin literally turns to Darth Vader. Do you? Do you? Um, that's first of all. I want to know this. Yeah. Um, do you include um, post Darth Vader mm. as Darth Vader, or do you only have Darth Vader in the armor in the suit? I, no, I include them all. I really do. I think because as we did with that uh, Hot Toys and, and doing the uh, unboxing video that we did, which was so great. Um, the fact that he was Darth Vader. Yeah. He became Darth Vader and he marches into the Jedi Order, into the Jedi Temple, and kills everyone. Yeah. That's Darth Vader. That's Darth Vader. Then he goes to Mustafar oh, and New Gunray. I love that. See scene. ya. Yeah. And, Go- and the Google Sith- the YouTube. There's a YouTube clip of that scene. It's phenomenal. And, and like just, just the body motions of it. I mean, it, it's just, I love this when he just puts yeah. down the doors and room. And then, like, talk about great editing. There's that one shot where you barely see his face. He's like in tears. Oh, just, just the hate is flowing through him. And it hurts. The hatred hurts him. He becomes one with it, obviously. He embraces it. But he's doing it because he thinks he needs Can to I save Can I throw you Padme. one curveball? Yeah, please. Okay. So there's a very, very – and I'm sure a lot of people out there have read this or have thought about this. There's a well-known report out there, mm-hmm. okay? And, and I have – I'm not sure exactly what sources I've looked, you know, gotten this from. But that um, um, Leonardo DiCaprio was actually seriously considered – Anakin Skywalker. To be Anakin Skywalker. Yep. How different do you think Anakin would have been with Leo? So, so be, be, before you even fantasize about that for a second, that's a, that's a is good. that a real report? Yes, 
It's a real thing. Uh, absolutely. OK. Leo so, was up for it. Leo was at least offered. I don't know how close he got or how, how much he considered it. If you look at the body of work from Leo DiCaprio, he has yet to do a sequel. Has he? No. Never done a sequel. What a great actor, huh? Yeah. He, I, don't, I don't think he ever – I don't think he ever got close. I think it's a thing that he was offered. I don't think he ever got close. I don't know if he's kind of like a – So like George Lucas had committed himself to having Leo. If Leo said yes, I thought that it yeah. didn't get that far. Leo oh, I don't got, know if it got very far. Leo got offered? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can Let you me imagine just, the combo of Leo and Ewan McGregor? Uh, that would have been amazing. I, I mean personally – I think he would have crushed it. He would have been – sorry, Hayden, but come yeah, on. Yeah. I mean Leo would have been another level, right? Yeah. It, it would have been next level. Uh, I'm putting it in to see yeah, yeah, if it actually it comes up. Why Leonardo DiCaprio turned down playing Anakin Skywalker Wow, is a Vanity Fair article that is the first thing that came up. So maybe we'll do another another show. We'll think about that a little bit. Like, he, yeah. He wasn't ready to wield the lightsaber and may have made the best decision of his career, says this I, article. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because he is – actually, I don't know if that's true because people like uh, Liam Neeson – Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. were able to were famous coming into that movie and were famous after that movie. Yeah, you know, like it wasn't like it, you know now you're typecast as uh, Anakin forever. Whereas with Hayden, you can't like Hayden can do anything. He could be a, a pizza delivery guy, which I, I saw a poster for, and you're like, oh, that's Anakin Skywalker delivering pizzas now, right? You right. know, so. Um, not having something before you come into it, I think, is actually a little bit dangerous sometimes in playing these temple franchises. Yeah, because like you have a guy like let's say I don't know, pick a name out of a hat. You put um, you put like let's say somebody is iconic for playing Iron Man is like Robert Downey Jr. Or you know what? Forget Robert Downey Jr. Maybe something more like um, like uh, like Tom Holland, right? Who, who a lot of people didn't know until he played Spider Man. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, when Tom Holland tries new things, he will. I think he will find it more difficult to expand his career yeah. because his first big thing that sort of gave him a name was Spider-Man. But anyway, it's another discussion. Yeah, but that that this, according to Vanity Fair, was very true. He was offered. He said uh, basically, uh, just he discussed the shortlist meeting he had with Lucas about playing Anakin way back when. Like the role of Robin that was offered to him in Batman and Robin. Oof, thank God he didn't yeah. take that one. Uh, I don't think I was ready for anything like that, he continued. I just didn't feel ready to take that dive at that point. So he was offered it. This was post-Titanic. He ended up going off and making The Man in the Iron Mask, The Beach, and then he comes back around and launches into the stratosphere with Gangs of New York. <laughs> what uh, a great movie that Gangs of New York is. Right. We should do a whole podcast just on that movie. I, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. So DiCaprio, anyways, yeah. Darth Vader is the winner. Congratulations, Darth Vader. Yeah. Let's go to best ending in a Star Wars movie. We're going to start at 16%, A New Hope. And we go to Surprising. Surpri- New Hope. Here, I'm noticing a trend here. New Hope's not getting a lot of love. Why is that? Uh, I think I think it's because a lot of people are have moved on. Is it Lucas shaming? I don't think it's Lucas shaming. I think it's a, a, a an audience thing. I think it's obviously the oldest Star Wars movie we have. I think that because of what you were saying at the top of the show, like or or somewhere, 
Empire being has gone into history as being the best. Yeah, is that people continue to to, to right, right. seek it's it out? Like, hey, that's the color blue. So, oh yeah, we yep. can all agree that that's the color that's blue. That's the color blue, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think a new hope is getting left behind a little bit. Now we go to eighteen percent for Revenge of the Sith. That was the next one up. So Revenge of the Sith third. There's your movie, uh, and then twenty six percent Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So that was up there. Great ending. And then here we go. Winner again. Empire Strikes Back at 40%. Yeah. Mark Sidious. I voted for Empire. You did. I did. I voted for Empire as well. I voted for Empire. Yeah. Only because the I Am Your Father thing is – is is top five ending of all time, period. Period. Yeah. See, that's where you go to. Yeah. Immediately because when people say the best endings of any movie, right, this one is up there. Yeah, yeah always in the conversation. Look, I'll also put American Beauty up there. Um, I think I, American, I think, yeah, American Beauty. I didn't know you were such a fan of American Beauty. That's oh yeah, a fantastic yeah, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. No, I love American Beauty. Oh yeah, um, and um, yeah, I, I was very, very. Look, uh, I'm happy this won. This is the run of Empire Strikes Back. How, how many has it won already? Oh boy, yeah. Let me let me look. I just lost my place in here. So we have one, uh, two Hoff. for editing, three for that. Uh, looks like we're at three right now. Yeah, so. three golden lightsabers. That's three an honor. golden light. That's an honor. That's yeah. like it's not a sweep, but it's happening. All so, right. So look, I mean, what else can you say? It's a it's an incredible ending, and you know what I love about this ending that I keep going back to, and and, and I'm it's almost like a like a dream image I have in my mind. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if it's real, if it's not real, is the echo of that in Star Wars. You basically. And forget, forget the sequels because you, this actually doesn't happen in the sequels. But when you think about Lucas and the way he thinks about endings, right? And like as a storyteller, like we've talked about before, the greatest challenge a storyteller has against history, mm-hmm. against the context of storytelling is the ending, right? There's a beautiful right. line that uh, Riley says that I've adopted, which is, you know, did they stick the landing? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, with endings in the Star Wars saga that George Lucas created – you really have two kinds of endings. Yeah. Okay. You have the celebration ending, mm-hmm. and you have the pondering ending. Yeah. Which right? is which is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. In Empire Strikes Back, like when I see Luke, and like, am I imagining this? But I, I see Luke looking out of a window in the spacecraft, or, or, or in the station, wherever he's on, out into space. Uh huh. You know, and like to me, that echoes the looking out into the. Forget two stars. Now there's countless stars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that is how it ends, right? I mean, there is that moment where he looks off in. Well, like, you say he's looking with Leia. I mean, if we go to the end, end of Empire Strikes Back, Lando and Chewie get in the Falcon. They fly off. He puts his arm around Leia. Yeah, yeah. and they look out into the stars, and we get him from the yeah, back. That's it. That's it. Dude. Yeah. Here's but the I echo. Also, Here's the echo. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, you just solved like a mental mystery that I had in my mind. Oh, like, good. Okay. It's an echo. Of brother and sister mm-hmm. putting their arm around each other, looking off mm-hmm. the ending of uh, uh, the ending of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Owen, yeah. Owen, and Owen uh, and Baru, Owen and Baru looking off, and with the same arm around the shoulder. Thing. Yep, and there's an echo. Sorry, Last Jedi. There is the kid looking out into the stars. There's an echo there from, and I'm just talking the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a broom instead of a family member, but yes, sure. sure. But I'm just talking. Yeah, the, like looking out. There into is a the pondering stars. thing. You know, first, first of all, fair enough. There is a pondering thing there. What, yep. what about the ending? Oh, the ending of uh, Force Awakens is just that awkward moment of the lightsaber. 
With, uh, the Force Awakens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ending. It's it's that awkward moment of her holding out the lightsaber. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Yes. There's beautiful music in beautiful, that ending. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beautiful music. And then, well, and then The Last Jedi. That's not even the last part. Oh, yeah, it is. That is, it's the... Broom Boy is the last part. Broom Boy is the last yeah, part. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, Broom Boy has a... There's a pondering moment in Broom there's Boy. There's a pondering there yeah. that, is, that is a kind of the it's echo. echo. It's an echo. Um, Attack of the Clones, not so much. Uh, if we're talking middle, middle chapter of pondering uh, other than begun the Clone Wars has, and it's all the ships flying out into space and all the Jedi looking at it, kind of, because we've already seen all the, the clones, right, come out. Right. And then, you know... That is a different one. Very different. That that breaks the Lucas saga tradition. Is that when Attack of the Clones? Yeah, it really does. And I think Lucas, you know, I think he he had his story to tell. Oh, Begun it, the Clone Wars has. It is a celebration of sorts, but I think it's a celebration that the plan that Sidious's plan is coming. Oh yeah. To be. Oh, because absolutely. like you see the echo of the stormtroopers, but they're oh, clones. It's the birth of the Empire right there. Really, yeah. they have their army. Yeah, and the music. And I the think, music. And the I music think, was the Imperial March. Yeah, the Imperial it March. It ends with the Imperial yeah, well, March and Attack of the Clones. Come on, guys. Go watch Attack of the Clones again. I know it's like people hate that movie. I'll just watch the again. <laughs> I can't. Some Attack and of the Clones is I painful. love the chase. I love the chase in Coruscant. The chase in Coruscant is great. Yeah, I, I love enjoy the, that. I love the Camino scene. Uh, the Camino scene, Obi-Wan and Jango Fett. I love that. I love parts of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. With, the, with all the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to geek the hell out, out of that yeah, because yeah. I love it. Uh, you know, I like the the Yoda fight. I, I like the Yoda fight a lot. I, yeah. I, I think that you know it was a little hard for me because it was like, I mean, obviously he's a Jedi. You want to see him, you know, kick some butt. But anyways, that's yeah. beside the point. All right, so let's congratulations, move on. Yeah, best congratulations. ending in Empire Strikes Back. We then go to another nominee for Empire Strikes Back, uh, best opening crawl. We have the 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 lowest rung, thirteen percent, Revenge of the Sith. Where where is that best opening? Best opening crawl. I don't have the envelope. Be... I don't have the envelope for Let that me one. See. I know I can find you there somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I see it. I see it. You got it. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, Revenge of the Sith at thirteen percent. We have The Empire Strikes Back at fifteen percent. Yeah. A New Hope at thirty-two percent got pretty high there for New yeah, Hope. Look, and the sequel's coming in with a victory. And the, yep, we got a sequel victory. The first one in this batch. Forty percent, the Force Awakens. Yeah. I think that's because well of deserved. The, yeah, the Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I great, think that was, was a storytelling element that um, I keep going around to this. I brought it up last time, but J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan, for whatever reason, said we're Luke Skywalker has vanished. Why did he do that? That's the whole movie. He's the MacGuffin. We don't know where he is. We're going after him. We need to find him. We don't know why he disappeared until. Ryan Johnson picked it up and gave yeah. us The Last Jedi. Your results may vary out there. I know it will. But let's talk about The Crawl. I liked it because I think that is a hell of a way in storytelling. What's important, this is for me, the inciting incident of any story. What is that hook, right? And with this, for me, the inciting incident happens in the opening crawl. Mm. Luke Skywalker's vanished. What? Yeah. How do you – that, I mean that that should hook it's you every time. It's interesting. It's interesting, and I think it's a great. Also, it really sets up the world. Rising yeah. from the ashes of the Empire comes the First Order. Yeah, and they're hell bent on basically. I'm I'm paraphrasing the opening crawl. Yeah, find uh, the Last Jedi, which you know sooner or later we'll 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 get to with Last Jedi. 
or at least in the movie chronologically, uh, chrono- chronologically. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's interesting as it sets up that the empire has really never gone away, but it kind of morphed into this almost like a terrorist organization in the in the in the first order. Luke Skywalker is, has run away or, or gone. He's vanished. We have General Leia Organa who is putting mm. her best pilot yeah. out there to yeah. find the, 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 the map somehow to find her brother. It's a great opening. It's a yeah. great opening it's a, crawl. It's a great opening crawl. I, I think that it deserves the golden lightsaber. Congratulations, all... Force Awakens. I actually – I think I voted for this one too. I, 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 I voted, did too. I voted, I voted for I it. I voted for Force Awakens. Yeah. I mean but look, now just hearing you talk and um, – the counterpoint in my brain, the uh, the dark side, mm. to be honest, makes me think that you know Luke has vanished is really a synonym for uh, George Lucas is gone. Whoa, okay. whoa! You just you just made me lose my mind. Yeah, George Lucas is done. It's yeah. over, and here comes this completely new Star Wars that is not beholden to anything that you've seen before. Ooh, and like that's our that's that's a lot to unpack right yeah, there. If yeah. you're talking in metaphors here, which you could probably think that Luke Skywalker represents the Star Wars brand. Yeah, he absolutely. What's does. the first I name? Mean, he absolutely does. It's, I, it, I would Luke, also say Darth Vader, but you know when you sit when you hear a name, right? In Star Wars, right? The Skywalkers. You really think Skywalker. about Darth and his kid. You know, it's so funny. Even to this point, last night I'm just surfing around for something to watch, and I see Skywalker. And I go, huh? And right. I and I tuned in. And it was, was Skywalker it? colon something a documentary about a guy that walked around the mountains. <laughs> right. And I'm like, f you, buddy. Yeah. I just got. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah, just yeah. tuned in. Going, yeah. are you called Disney? Yeah. yeah. Am I talking? Yeah. So that that's basically my point. Being, it's such an iconic name, such an iconic character. So Luke Skywalker has vanished. So did George Lucas force project in in the next movie? <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, look because. I think – and look, expectations are the worst thing to have. Oh, I know. Because um, like nine out of ten times you're always going to be let down um, because there's so much complexity to the world that predicting anything is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I think that we all, especially the old school Star Wars heads, the ones that grew up with it, um, the 12-year-olds when the original trilogy came out, right? Because – Every trilogy, at least the first two trilogies, were made for 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And the 12-year-olds' kids actually rather enjoyed it. And those are your prequelists now. Right. Are the 12-year-olds that are now like in their mid-20s and actually prefer the prequels. Yep. Like that's, a lot that of them their do. first uh, taste of Star Wars. Yeah, so it's it made for 12-year-olds. These new ones don't have that made-for-12-year-old vibe to them. No. I mean I still think – I always think though that because of the colorful universe is that they – you're going to get – your kid or your kids are going to fall right. in love, especially Force Awakens. Like Force Awakens, I think a lot of times is made for the first generation of Star Wars fans. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like like it was very much directed towards them. Yep. Um, but then you had BB-8. Yeah, that could get what, the kids. What category in there. are we on? We got into such a great. Oh, we're crawl right. No, we're on. Uh, yes, best opening okay. crawl. So 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 just to put an ending on it. Look, and maybe we can unpack this in another episode. We might have to. Yeah, is that. Um, I just hearing you talk about the crawl, it makes me think that it's Lucas vanished is managing the expectations of the audience that this isn't George Lucas's Star Wars anymore. Yeah, I I, I think you can absolutely look at that as yeah. a way to show 
Uh, I can look at it as a brilliant storytelling element. Yeah, it is a good storytelling element. It just doesn't deliver on – because when you have a story, you can't forget about the story you've already told. Right. So when you have six stories that are leading up to right the full circle of rebuilding the Jedi Order, which is what we all thought, just like we all thought we were going to see uh, Vader uh, hunt down and destroy the Jedi yeah. in Revenge of the Sith, we all thought that episode seven – was somehow dealing with Luke and the New Jedi Order. Everybody we, thought that. I mean, we because, all thought that. Not because we imagined it, but because we were told it explicitly through exposition. Yeah. So then when you get to episode seven and they tell you Luke has vanished, they're basically telling you everything you know is bullshit. Yeah. Swear, swear jar. Swear jar. Actually, BS, I think, is an acceptable word it's now in PG. Acceptable fine. It's totally <laughs> fine here. Right. But you're right. To your point. Yeah. Again, with expectations, you you essentially skipped over it because in Force Awakens, in the lore, in the mythology, in the story, we know that the Jedi Order, he did rebuild somewhat, and then Ben Solo, a star pupil, falls, and he destroys, and we have another right. echo. But we never saw that. We never saw it. And That's, maybe one day we will. Maybe we will. Maybe yeah. we won't. We don't know. Yeah. That's that's oh, yeah. my pitch for a Star Riley, Wars story, Luke Riley Skywalker. And I, Riley and I are trying to uh, become producing partners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to go to Disney. We, we we have our own slate of Star Wars films. Do you know I pitched this on, on Jedi yeah, Council Yeah, I saw Popper. it. I saw it. It was a good episode of uh, of uh, Jedi Council. Yeah, yeah. where I, I think seeing a Luke Skywalker, a Star Wars story take place with the formation of the Jedi Council or and the Jedi Order – and ends with the fall of Ben Solo and the rise of Kylo Ren yeah. and him leaving. Well, I mean, like, is a fantastic Star Wars story. My, my fanfic, just to get into that for a second, now we're on a deep tangent, but my yeah. fanfic has always been that, you know, somehow, even though we don't know exactly how, right, Kylo falls to the dark side. Right. Luke is still, like, it's not like Luke ran the Jedi Order and then all of a sudden, like, he was the last guy. It doesn't make any sense. It's not consistent with what we know a Jedi Order to maybe have been. But anyway. That um, when they when they find out that Kylo's become a terrorist, mm-hmm. right? That they go to Luke and they say, "You have to kill him." And then Luke says, "I'm not killing my nephew." That's how the real Luke would have said. Dude, you know what I just realized? I mean, it, essentially, Revenge of the Sith happens before Force Awakens happens. Right. I mean, that's essentially what happens. His right. star pupil forms up with a whoever Snoke is and takes out the Jedi Order, leaving. Right. Right, a right, right. smattering of Jedi. Right. So what we didn't see – damn, I love this. I just discovered this. What we didn't see is because we've seen it. We saw it in Revenge of the Sith. Right. So we're essentially led to believe that, that, that that's why Luke went away is because history was starting to repeat itself. Right. So he's Obi-Wan. He's Obi-Wan. He's Yoda. But he's even more so. That makes him go, no, no, no. The Jedi need to end now. He's done. Well, look, just because to, the the it happened again. But to carry that analogy even further, um, just like Obi Wan had to had to be the the caretaker of Luke Skywalker, Luke is the caretaker of the Jedi texts. Yeah, you know he's the last holder. That's like the last thing that means anything to him, and that's why Yoda blow, blows it up, right? But anyway. Right. I promise, uh, we're getting deep there, but I, I love promise. That. I promise the fans I wouldn't talk about Last Jedi. Um, so, <laughs> well, I, I just got some more. Now I'm I, d- discovering that in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Look, and this is what these discussions are about. Is like you know, there's beautiful storytelling here, and the more that you understand the beauty of a story, the better it can actually help us create our own stories. Absolutely, right? which, is, which is what we want to do. 
Uh, well, there right. you go, Force yeah. Awakens. Congratulations. Here's your golden lightsaber. We move on to best screenplay, and this was no contest. Wow, this is a, I think this is the biggest landslide out of this all of them. This is absolutely the biggest, yeah. and another win. I mean, I'm just not going to sugarcoat this. The Empire Strikes Back won best screenplay 76%. Yeah, it's kind of hard to compete with. Re- yeah, Return of the Jedi 6 Revenge of the Sith, 8. A New Hope at 10%. Empire Strikes Back. Again, A New Hope at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Again, at bottom of the barrel. But The Empire Strikes Back, you got to give it to it because it is the movie that really took its time because The Empire Strikes Back, I think, has the distinction of all of them Mm. as being the most intimate character piece. Yeah. Meaning that you really got to know Han Solo. We talked about how you could even argue it's his movie. Yeah. You really got to know Princess Leia. You really got to know Luke Skywalker. And yeah. you really got to know Darth Vader. And you also got to know a little bit about Yoda. Yo- oh, well, of course, Yoda. Yeah. I mean, Yoda should have been nominated Best Supporting Actor. But you really did learn so much. It follows such a great middle-act structure of pulling the heroes apart and having tangent storytelling happening where – Han and Leia are doing this. Luke is doing this, and even more. And and then you have Vader doing this, looking yeah. for Skywalker, getting his friends to use against him, yeah. pulling him out. You know, don't go, Luke. You know, patience. But, but like, but like, as a screenplay, I think the unraveling of the narrative that happens in Empire Strikes Back mm. is really culminates because it really gives you context for the entire saga, which is the oh, yeah. beautiful thing about Empire Strikes Back is that it tells you. Um, this isn't just about you versus me, good versus evil. Mm-hmm. This is about you and I are related. Yeah. You're my, you're my son. Yeah, and, and like I have picked a path, and I want to still justify that path by having you join me so that we can rule the galaxy yeah. as father and son, which is phenomenal. You know, it's such and a that, phenomenal thing, and it creates the very center of, of what I think Star Wars became once it evolved past the hero's journey, which is giving people that coming of age on a, on a moralistic sense mm-hmm. where it's like, are you going to choose a life of good or are you going to choose a life of evil? There's more benefit perhaps to being evil, but there's also at what cost? You're going to lose your humanity, right? You're yeah. going to lose an arm. You're going to start to – a great point. You know, where being good – you know, there's benefits to that, but like, I don't really get that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, it, 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 yeah, Empire Strikes Back is hard to argue because this is the first time all of these concepts are really taught to us. Yes, it it opens up. It really, you could say it opens Pandora's box in the Star Wars universe. It does. It does because you know the shock of Vader revealing himself as his father, and Lucas could have said no, he was just screwing with you because that was the the, the dialogue after Empire Strikes Back. Right. Nah, Darth Vader's lying to him. When, when, um, I heard Mark Hamill tell the story that when they were actually shooting that, um, that the actor, David Prowse, was yeah. actually saying a different line. I yeah, think he was, he was saying, saying no, I killed Obi- No, um, He said, Obi-Wan killed your father. Oh. That was, that was the, the narrative. Right, right, uh, right. Something like that. N- narrative. That was the, the what I heard. And, and the actual performance of Luke Skywalker um, uh, reacting to that, he's actually reacting to Obi-Wan killed your yeah, father. Because that was what I think Prowse and Hamill were told to protect the secret, which is Obi-Wan killed your father, which is kind of true. Even it, I mean, it's absolutely true. It's like from a certain point of view. Yeah, I mean, so it's very fascinating that that was there. Yeah, but how could you argue? Empire Strikes Back, the beautiful characters, 
the, the, the storytelling element, the opening of the Pandora's box, the, the setting up the choice of Luke Skywalker, join your father or try to save him. Yeah. You know, it's ultimately foreshadowing some of the story beats we're getting in Return of the Jedi. Congratulations, Empire Strikes Back. You walked away. It was a landslide. Landslide. Best screenplay. Best well, screenplay. Well deserved. Well, well deserved. deserved. So we go on to now best actress. And no shock here. We have yeah. 10% Natalie Portman. Way to go, Natalie Portman. You got 10%. A lot of people probably uh, didn't even want to vote for her, I think, because yeah. unfortunately she got a lot of flack for her, yeah, for yeah. her work in, in the prequels. I actually thought Phantom Menace is her best pure performance. It was for Phantom Menace because I did think she was fantastic in it because she played the dual roles. Yeah. You know, she was queen and she played it very icy and very whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 11% for Felicity Jones. Yeah, so, which is, uh, the, for the record, the one I voted for. You did? Okay. I think, uh, like, as a pure acting, I mean, look, let's not forget that Carrie Fisher had a British accent when Star Wars A New Hope started. <laughs> okay? And, and then Carrie half, Fisher will tell you that she yeah, fell into that the, because yeah. of it. She was, uh, it was one of her 19 years Only old. you can be so bold. It, it was, like, the worst British Darth accent. Vader, only you could be so yeah. bold. Yeah. And, like, look, I love Carrie Fisher, um... And she could have been a stand-up comedian, and she's one of the most funny people. If, if you guys have never seen, I highly recommend go to YouTube right now mm. and uh, and search for Carrie Fisher's speech at George Lucas's oh, yeah. um, AFI induction. She's phenomenal. It's incredible. It's incredible. She, yeah, she's like every time. That's where the the joke originated. Every time I look in the mirror, I have to pay George a buck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, yeah, well, let's not bury the lead here. Carrie Fisher, 51%, wins it outright. It's a good, solid margin. Yeah. From 28%, Daisy Ridley coming in at number two. Yeah. I, think, I love that. Yeah, Daisy, I love Daisy Strong showing. But behind Adam Driver's Kylo Ren, my other favorite is Daisy Ridley. Of course. I of love course. her in that. that my notes for her in, in The Last Jedi are not for her performance. She's fantastic. It's the character work there. She had a little less to do. Force Awakens was really what cements it for me because I thought she was fantastic. I think she's great. I think she's the new hero's journey. I can't wait to see what they do with her character in Episode Nine. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully they'll have some real lightsaber fights this time. I, I think they will. I, look, the thing that's going to happen with J.J. Abrams coming back for Episode Nine is that we're going to get a lot that we wanted? That, yeah. that we want. I think that we're going to get a great Star Wars movie. Right? We're going to get a great yeah, Star I think Wars so. movie, just like Force Awakens. Yeah, but then again, I thought Last Jedi was going to be incredible. Like, yeah. I was convinced that that was going to be the one. It, it was for me. All oh, right, right, from right, a right. certain point of view. <laughs> All right, so congratulations to Carrie Fisher. We're going to move on because you know we 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 are running late again. Here we go, and then we have Best Actor. This is the one. This is the one that was. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk about because so, so we had. Um, uh, 1,697 votes, and we had a dead heat, literally yes. separated, but we can't even tell because in Twitter you can't tell exactly we don't know who it, yes. voted for what. So all we had was a 32-32% tie between Harrison Ford and Ewan McGregor. Harrison yep. Ford for Empire, Empire and Ewan McGregor for Revenge of the Sith. Right. Um, now, who'd you vote for? So I voted for Harrison Ford. You did? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. love that. I voted for Mark Hamill. I think Harrison Ford gives the best performance in Star Wars in Empire Strikes Back. I think it's incredible performance. Yes. I, uh, I, I was so close to, to hovering for Harrison Ford, but yeah. I, I did Mark Hamill for Empire and also, in my mind, The Last Jedi because I thought he was ph- phenomenal yeah, in yeah, that. Mark, but, look, Mark Hamill did a great job in the, in the original trilogy. And yeah. Ian, Ian McDermott um, came in at 16%, Mark Hamill at 20%, mm-hmm. and then we had a dead heat. So what we had to do was that we had to – uh, open up the voting again 
Yeah. And this time only limited to Harrison Ford and Ewan McGregor. Right. And the winner by a considerable margin. You want to give the final result? Yeah, I'm getting there now. I'm just doing a refresh because I think that I'm pretty much going to call it. Uh, Ewan McGregor has run away with this thing. Uh, we had some votes come in in last minute. <coughs> yep. I'm crowning Ewan McGregor. Second lightsaber for Revenge of the Sith. There we go. I'm I'm actually very excited and happy to see that Ewan McGregor won this. This was kind of maybe a shock. If I just picture all the aliens dressed up in their best Sunday best uh, yeah. at the Oscars. So the the golden lightsaber showing. Oh, the golden lightsabers is is uh, every know, year held at the Opera House. At the Hurst Opera Island. House, yes. Yeah. And you know what this is right here? This is uh, La La Land about to win and then Moonlight coming in at the last second yeah. and going, wait, wait, wait. No, it's Ewan McGregor, yeah. right? So Ewan McGregor wins. I can't believe it. I'm I very happy for this. Uh, you know, I Ewan, voted again for Harrison Ford here, but uh, you know, 58% to 42%. Uh, it's a landslide. Look, it, I, it's a – for, for – Ah, uh, landslide. It's not a landslide, but he for something as would, iconic was, as Han Solo. Uh, yeah. That's you know, what I'm saying. Um, Ewan McGregor – look, and Ewan McGregor did the impossible. He – you know, uh, Alec Guinness's performance was more than iconic, an Oscar-nominated performance. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe Harrison Ford was ever nominated uh, no. for the Star Wars movies. Do you know what Harrison Ford was nominated for? Yeah. Um, he was nominated for Witness. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. Uh, and I believe the, the – no, he was nominated for The Fugitive as well. Was he nominated for Fugitive? Yeah. I think he was too. I'm like, thought, eight, I'm like 80% Mosquito sure. Was Mosquito Coast as well? I want to no. say Harrison Ford was nominated. This is just me. I don't think so. I think he was only nominated for Witness and um, and for um, – which other one did I just say? Uh, the Fugitive. So The Fugitive, yeah. Yeah. Oscar nominee for Witness. He wasn't nominated for, for Fugitive. Oh, he wasn't? No. Is that the I only thought one? he was. He's the only Oscar nomination. Nineteen eighty six is Witness. Wow! Wow! All right. Well, look. If you guys haven't seen The Fugitive, go watch oh, it I love right the Fugitive, now. Yeah. Andrew Davis. It's an incredible, incredible. Absolutely. Movie. Um, so, okay, Ewan McGregor. I think that that is a comment on the prequels. That is a comment on the performance of Ewan McGregor, and a comment on the fact that Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah. a standalone movie. People are clamoring for it. That's, people but, want that. But to your point at the beginning of this, it's like, no, we're going to give you uh, this Boba Fett movie instead. Yeah, Star Wars uh, or Luke, <laughs> George Lucas has vanished. Yeah, George Lucas has vanished. Oh, you want uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie? Well, we might make this Bo Sizely movie instead. Yeah. I was hoping I mean, look, maybe they'd be together. I'm so tempted to go into the Ewan McGregor um, uh you know, stories circulating about you and an Obi-Wan and some of the hints that are in there that I don't like. Mm-hmm. But we'll leave that for another day. All right. Well, we're moving on then. Congratulations, Ewan McGregor. It's not La La Land. It's Moonlight. It's Ewan McGregor. So yeah. there we go. Here's your golden lightsaber. We move on now to our second to last category, and that is Best Director. This one I thought would come out to be something different. Yep. I'm shocked here. The I'm lowest. Not. The yeah. lowest is... Ryan Johnson with 20%. Not by much. Not by much. But this is where it gets to, to be weird for me. George Lucas then at 21%. Yeah, for, for again, again. For, for New Hope. Again, a no New Hope. No one wants New Hope. I mean, this is like a New Hope. Um, to J.J. To Abrams, 23% for Force Awakens, which I'm shocked at. Yeah. Because, come on. J.J. Abrams did a fantastic job. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Directing Force Awakens. Did exactly what needed to do to launch this franchise again. But... You know, he aped some George Lucas. Yeah. Right? He, you know, 
He's great. But George Lucas for, – for J.J. Abrams to beat George Lucas, I find a, astonishing. But I digress. 36 percent Irvin Kirshner yeah. for Empire Strikes Back is running away the thing. I know. It, I is, know. it is the big award winner. The headline tomorrow is that you know it's like Ben-Hur of, yeah. of look, Star Wars movies. Especially since you look at George Lucas's films – Prior to directing uh, Star Wars: A New Hope, yeah, and you have THX 1138, oh, which, which is, is a cult classic. It is. It's and an I, art house film. It is an art house film. I highly recommend going and watching it yeah. because he was doing something different, oh, which is absolutely. what he always wanted something to do. Something that nobody had ever seen before, yep. and probably with very few exceptions, like Blade Runner and uh, and The Fifth Element. Yeah, there, there, there's been very few sci-fi films that have reached the level of THX 1138 in terms of its Creativity, yeah, um, and then his follow-up, um, you know, um, the uh, uh, American Graffiti. American Graffiti. I was about to say American S- Diner. So fen- phenomenal. I mean, like some of the uh, breaking out characters, like um, uh, your man from Jaws, uh, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus's character, yep. yeah, yeah, uh, Ron fantastic. Howard, Ron Howard, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford pops in there. Suzanne Summers is the blonde in the Cindy, car. Cindy Williams is also Cindy Williams. Yeah, it, yep. it's just an incredible cast, an incredible coming of age story. Again, a coming of age story. It's a coming of age story, and it was classified. Lucas said he wanted to make a musical. People were calling this a musical. So when Ron Howard comes into audition for the lead, he says, "George, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to sing." And Lucas went, not that kind of musical, is that he scored his movie with the music from <laughs> yeah, the time. So yeah. I love this. But Irvin Kirshner yeah. walks away with this thing at thirty six percent. Good for him. Good for him. Again, when when you look at something like Empire Strikes Back, which is winning all these awards, it's hard to say, nope. Now, I voted for George Lucas. I think if you're looking at what he did. So did I. So did I. It's George Lucas. I think he should have won. I think I think he's robbed. Even though Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie, which I vote for, I think he's robbed. I do. Yeah. I think George Lucas. You got to look at the history, what he did, we, how he got it made. He wrote the damn screenplay that created did. this whole and thing, and he directed it. And like, look, and again, and I know that only and under because the worst circumstances too. It's like here's here's um, my my one little rant on this one. Okay, is um, you know. There's this very famous line. I think it's usually attributed to Pablo Picasso, mm-hmm. but that um, you know, all all great artists imitate, right? Yes. Um, and when I when I was young and I was learning about George Lucas and how he crafted Star Wars, I was fascinated by one technique that he did. Mm. Is that when he would put together his um, his um, his cuts. Um, or, or, or basically, you know, what, what we just call uh, string outs, right? Where you're right. stringing out the story. Right. And he knew that there was a space battle in there. He would throw very specific reference footage of, yes. of World War II dogfights. Yes. And now. Exactly what I was going. So, yeah. so when you look at how you craft the visual narrative mm-hmm. of how you tell this great story and how you are directing. The influences that stayed with the franchise way past episode four, then you got to say, okay, well, that's special kind of directing. That's like the kind of directing that is 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 revolutionary. And Irvin Kirshner is just just like J.J. Abrams and just like Ryan Johnson. They are, at, you know, they're kind of like at the mercy a little bit of what George Lucas exactly directed in the first. You know place. what? Every single one of them. 
is at the mercy of what Lucas did with the New Hope. Yeah, every single one of them. So look, this one, I mean, this one hurts for me too. Yeah, but look, Irvin Kershner deserves it because he did do a great job. He, yeah, I can't say no to Kirsch, a fellow fight on USC Trojan, yeah. uh, also Lucas, but you know, Kirshner yeah. taught Lucas yeah. at USC, and that's why Lucas handed it over to him. Yeah. Uh, look, congratulations, Kirsch. I can't argue with this win. I, I will yell at the fan base here listening uh, to everybody that didn't vote for George Lucas because I think you got to look at the history and why. Yeah. It, it's sometimes you, you just got to give due to what he created at all, but I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. I understand. I understand why Irvin Kirshner won. All right, here we go. I mean, well, do we go? Well, we're going to end this on a whimper when it comes to best yeah. picture because landslide. it is another landslide. Whew, but uh, we'll, we'll go this way. Revenge of the Sith, uh, Mark Sidious, sorry, but 9%. Yeah, 9%. Is the, uh, the lowest uh, of the votes, but then we have a, almost a tie at 10% each, Return of the Jedi and A New Hope. Yeah, but it's 10%. So New Hope and Return of the Jedi, 10%. Revenge of the Sith, 9%. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes back to like that's blue. We all know it's blue. Um, the Empire Strikes Back is everybody's favorite Star Wars movie. Typically, my personal is Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not surprising. I mean, 71%. So 7 out of 10 people will tell you The Empire Strikes Back is their favorite movie. And then you have some other people that will give you A New Hope or Return of the Jedi or maybe The Last Jedi or mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith. It's Empire Strikes Back and then everything else. It's Empire Strikes Back and everything else. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. I'm going into some of the comments to see if there's any kind of you know, commentary we can see from this. Uh, and it looks like – oh, here we go. Finally found it. Okay, Revenge of the Sith needs to be subbed out and The Force Awakens subbed in. Okay, there's one. Uh, right? Somebody writes with a meme. The Last Jedi, of course, so we got a Last Jedi vote. I think Empire is a better made film, but Jedi is my favorite. Yub nub. ESB. Ewok haters says somebody in New Hope. I insist. Last Jedi missing from all the polls. Come on, guys, you're better than this. Well, you know, I tried for my Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson was in for Best Director. He was in there, so this person needs to go back. The Force Awakens lens flares for days. Return of the Jedi, uh, Revenge of the Sith. There we go. Okay, so look, we had a lot of reactions for Empire Strikes Back, and I did get some people yeah. tweeting at look, me. Look, at the end of the day, there's a lot of great movies, and like sometimes I dream about being a, a, like a 12 year old and not having seen any of them, and yeah, and being able doing to doing it re- all over, doing it all over again, yeah, um, and wondering if I would fall in love with it the same way that I'm in love with it now, yeah. But look, it was three episodes. Yep, the golden lightsabers. We have the winners. We have the winners. We're going to try to memorialize uh, these winners in an article on Collider.com. Yeah, put it up on .com. We'll Um, let you know about it so you can go check it out, share it with your friends. But no, this is the most important thing Mm. about the Golden Lightsabers. Yeah. You and I um, set the stage. Yeah. Okay? But it's the audience that performed on it. Absolutely. You know, this was all audience. You and I had one vote. In 2000, right for, for 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 these categories, right. The audience spoke. The people have spoken. These are the winners of the golden lightsabers. Right. Of our listeners, you know, right. you know, our our fans at Collider, and thank you very much for being a part of the show. Yeah, thank you to the fans. That is absolutely right, and to everybody that listens, that was a fun, fun thing to do. It was a celebration. 
I found so many new things that I love about these movies. I revisited some of them, especially Revenge of the Sith after talking to Mark Sidious, who I, I, mean, I got to watch this again. Uh, but to you guys, thank you so much for that. This has been episode five, right? Or it's episode six? Episode five, five. Episode of five. The Golden Lightsabers. What an exciting thing. The Empire thing. Strikes Back. Of- Empire, congratulate. Yeah, The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> of this podcast feed. Thank you again. Remember to share this podcast feed. We are on the Jedi Council podcast feed. Rule of Two drops every Wednesday. Remember to leave some comments here. What did you think? Did you like it? Hit us up on Twitter, at Riley Around, at Mark Fernandez 76 it's You actually, check us there. They actually changed it. It's, it's, uh, it's at Mark Fernandez now. No 76. Oh, really? They changed yeah. it. Oh, good. Yeah. At Mark Fernandez. That makes it easy. Uh, at Mark Fernandez, at Riley Around. This is the Jedi Council podcast feed. Rule of Two, which drops every Wednesday. What did you think of the Golden Lightsabers? Hit us up on Twitter. Like and share this everywhere you get your podcasts. And next Wednesday, we'll be back with a new episode where we'll go dark and deep. Rule of Two. We probably won't go dark and deep. Yeah, we'll yeah. just celebrate And, and give Star us some Wars. ideas of what to talk about. We Absolutely. actually have no idea what we're going to talk about in the next I think one. we have a few that we were thinking of, but we will leave it at a surprise for you guys to figure out yeah. next week. We'll see you then. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.